Hey, everybody. Welcome to Views on View. This week on our panel, we have me. I'm the only one here. Everybody else had stuff to do. But we do have a guest today, which is Rolf. And I don't remember your last name, Rolf. What is it? Haug. 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 Perfect. Yeah. Yeah, that's right. H-A-U-G, right? Yeah. Yeah. Rolf Haug. Yeah. Hey, folks, I just want to let you know quickly about Netlify. Netlify is a really cool system for hosting what are traditionally known as static sites. However, the real benefit that I've been finding is that I don't have to mess with a back end. I can just set things up. I build the website out. I've been using a system called 11DJS, and you just deploy it. And then anything that you have that you want to do, you can do on the front end. So if you want to pull in some kind of database with Firebase or something else, if you want to collect form data, Netlify provides all kinds of services that make it easy to do all that stuff. If you're trying to do serverless, they have a really, really neat serverless setup that will allow you to deploy your websites without having to deploy a backend and it'll do some of the work for you. I just I just love it. So if you're looking for a way that you can actually deploy a website that only has front-end technology in it, gives you all the tools that you typically need for the back-end without having to actually program the back-end, then give them a try. Go check them out at netlify.com. And he is one of the founding members of ViewSchool. Yeah, that's also right. Yeah, so what is ViewSchool? ViewSchool is a teaching platform for, for Vue.js. We teach people about web development and particularly Vue.js and related technologies through video courses. Nice. So what, what made you decide to start this company? That's a good question. Like, well, what, what was the beginnings? Well, it's a funny story, actually, because my partner, Alex, initially I hired him to help me do more in my other business. Mm-hmm. And he kind of tricked me into this amazing <laughs> project. And... I ended up leaving my company to go full-time on View School with him. So he hired you and then convinced you to leave what you were doing and work on his idea just this, through this, this passion? Uh, it's opposite. I hired him. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah. Yeah, you hired him. Yeah. And then he lured you away from your company. Exactly. Through his passion. Yeah. So, and I'm very excited about it. It's, it's an amazing project. So is Alex the, original, the originator of the View School idea? Yeah, absolutely. And why did he think you would help? <laughs> yeah, who knows? <laughs> who knows? <laughs> no, but really, what, what attracted you to that idea? No, I think that we are, we're, we're a really good mix. We have different backgrounds and different expertise. And uh, I have... Uh, a lot of experience with uh, creating businesses and more of like the business aspect of it. Mm -hmm. And I like to think that that is some of the things or some of the things I can bring, I brought to the the team, to the table that he were interested in. And also I have a long experience with web development. I wasn't that big uh, or that, uh, you know, experienced with JavaScript at the time, but... Once you know the fundamentals of web development and different frameworks and technologies, it's not that difficult to migrate that to a new language, if you like to call JavaScript a language. Yeah. So you have a bit of a business experience. You've started some businesses and like they've gone okay. Yeah. And you thought this was a really great idea for a business. Yeah. And it also like helped people. Like I help people like learn how to use Vue and learn other skills like that are related to web development. Yeah, like I really like people a lot. Mm-hmm. I'm a people's person. 
I'm self-taught. Mm-hmm. So I have a connection to teaching and learning. I like to learn. That's like, a, like one example would be, I remember I saw the movie Pursuit of Happiness, where Will Smith actually solves a Rubik's Cube. Mm-hmm. And in one interview, I don't remember the talk show, but he told us that he actually learned how to do it. I was like, hmm, if he can learn that, I can learn that. Like now I solve Rubik's Cubes as well. So you thought if, if Will Smith, like if an actor can yeah. do this, you know, for a movie, yeah. then I could learn how to do something. Yeah. yeah. So when you can combine business, which I like, uh-huh. with learning, which I like, mm-hmm. with web development, why not go for it? Sounds good. And how long has View School been going for now? Like since you started? It's been about two years, I think. But we launched the website in very late of October 2017. So mm-hmm. it's been just over a year. And we have over 47,000 users right now. So it's quite a lot. And the community is, or the, the wow. we, we call it the community. Yeah. We have a, a nice Slack channel where people help each other out mm-hmm. from all over the world. And um, this year we are developing our platform we are trying to create a forum to be able to share more from our community as well and not mm-hmm. just us because we're just a few few guys we cannot produce uh, content of everything we know because it takes too much time and there are so many great minds out there that can that gives us feedback and help mm. us provide and grow and yeah learn so you have a lot of different people in the community creating lesson content and also giving you feedback on lesson content and helping you iterate on it? Yeah, I I wouldn't say that we have that many people working on the content. That's mainly me and Alex. Mm -hmm. And you have helped review many lessons and we are grateful for that. (laughs) Um, But uh, there is always different solutions to problems. So when we teach one solution, there might be a clever guy saying, hey, why do you do this with five lines when you can do it with one simple line? Mm -hmm which is not complicated or something like that. Yeah. And then like, hmm, that's, that's very nice. Thank you for teaching me. Mm. And then that is hidden in a comment on one particular video, but we would like to take these kind of things and like highlight it in, a, in, in written form, in a simple form. Ah. And that is something we could easily share with our forum in like one channel, for instance. So you're looking to sort of take the wisdom that you learn from the crowd and collect like everybody's best practices into you know, the, the best possible best practices that, that everybody can learn. Yeah, that is one of the things we would like to achieve with the forum. Yeah, it's sort of like open source, like what we do with open source. <laughs> like, we, like you have an idea and uh, you right. put it out there and then you learn the ways that your idea could be better That's right. for other people and you build something that you could have never built on your own. Yeah, I haven't thought of it that way, but uh, you're right. And also, I like, I've been isolated in my development career. I've been the only maintainer of a project. And um, for me, a framework would be like a hammer. It's just a tool. I mm-hmm. didn't know the people behind it. Mm-hmm. And Alex opened my eyes to this beautiful community of open source where I met you and I met many of the great developers behind the frameworks and the plugins and tools that we use every day. Mm-hmm. And I really like that, especially after being isolated for like 12, 13 years. What do you, what do you like about it? 
The people. Just like I meeting have, people I, who are yeah, I have who are passionate about things. Yeah, I have people to talk with. I've like my poor wife has heard me so excited excitedly explaining the solutions I'm proud of. Mm-hmm. Of like a payment uh, gateway abstraction. And she's like, <laughs> yeah, so cute sitting there trying to follow and smile. And So I take it she's not a developer. She's not. Okay. <laughs> and like, I, I have a disclaimer before I go off when I explain this to mm-hmm. her. It's like, I need to get this out to someone. Yeah. So... I didn't have many friends yeah. before that uh, were into development. I started like when I was 12 years old. Mm-hmm. I got my mother to buy a PHP book. I This was in the late PHP 3 era, so it's mm-hmm. a few years ago. I was 12 years old and I remember vividly, I tried to convince my mother to explain what an array was and mm-hmm. how it worked. And she was like, I know what it is in context, but I cannot mm-hmm. teach you or explain it to you. In programming. So that was one of the hardest concepts to learn for me as a 12-year-old. Mm-hmm. Arrays. Yeah, I guess they're like lists of things. Yeah. Yeah. But I, I know exactly what you mean. Like it can be it can be difficult to explain things that have become like so deeply ingrained in us. And especially when we go, you know, very down deeper rabbit hole. The same thing happens with uh, you know, me and my wife and with other friends. Like sometimes there's something that she is really excited about but I just do not have the expertise to understand what it is. Yeah. I can just see that she's excited and, you know, I respond. Yeah. So it sounds like, sounds like you fixed it. It's a good thing. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. You have to go yeah. on the facial expressions and the tonality. And yeah, I think that's, that's something important to be surrounded by passionate people, even when it's passion about a, a subject that you don't have a lot of expertise in. It's still yeah. sort of infectious to be around those people. And they, they make me feel more motivated to, to work on things and more motivated to learn new things. Absolutely. You see this in school as well. Like if you ask people about their favorite teacher mm-hmm. in school, it's often someone who is really passionate about the topic, who were able to explain and like tell mm-hmm. these awesome stories and yeah. like make the learning process like, uh, like a game. Yeah. Or had the best candy. <laughs> that too. Either one, either way. Yeah. That didn't happen in my school. But, uh, <laughs> no, I didn't, I didn't really have a lot of candy in my school. Either too. I, I don't even really like candy. Yeah, me neither. Yeah. I like food, food over candy. Yeah. Starter over dessert. But anyway, before I interrupted you with my stupid joke, you were talking about how, yeah, in school, we're attracted to teachers who are really passionate and, and like sort of light our fires about a subject. You know, they, they teach us about, you know, how wonderful reading can be and writing and things like that. Absolutely. Absolutely. So what was the question again? I'm sorry. No, the, the, the question we were, we were just sort of exploring yeah. how, how passion is important. Yeah, absolutely. In, I, in your working environment. And I, I was wondering in, in view school, how do you ignite passion in people? Like, how do you solve that problem? Hmm, that's a good question. So like one of the difficult things with the project is that I am based in Oslo and Alex is based in Amsterdam. We communicate through chat, video calls, but we mm-hmm. don't get to meet in person that often and mm-hmm. like sit down and work together yeah. on a topic. So we get isolated and it's a very long process from the script starts to the final video is out mm-hmm. and we get feedback from uh, our users. But I think that 
when you are able to explain something to people in a simple way where it just clicks for them, yeah. you ignite that, wow, this, this isn't that difficult. Mm. When you can make them feel smart? Yeah. Yeah. Or, or just understand the topic. Yeah. Like Vuex is a good example. We see a lot of people struggling with um, learning the concepts and the differences between actions and mutations. And then suddenly, it just all of the pieces fall in place and you can clearly distinguish one from the other. But what's the difference between like a video that works well? And you, you probably had like videos that haven't worked as well, right? Absolutely. Yeah. And then like you had to get rid of them or redo them or something like that. And what has been the difference you found? How do you explain something in a way that really reaches to people? Do you have a process for getting there? Yes, we do. We are very fan of the Reddit channel, explain it to me like I'm five. <laughs> so we have this expression that we say, Elif, is explain it to me like I'm five. Mm -hmm. And we try to explain technical topics without the technical terminologies mm. to people like they're five years old. I love that. And then we take that, that as the first stepping stone and we build on that. Mm -hmm. Like the difference between the video... Can you give me an example of that? Oh, yeah. For instance, mutations. For me, who is not a native speaker, the mutation, the only association I have with that is... Like X-Men? Turtles. <laughs> turtles? Oh, yeah. Teenage Mutant, Teenage Mutant Ninja, Ninja Turtles. turtles. Yeah. So I know what like a mutant is, uh -huh. but what does it mean in programming? Mm -hmm. Yeah, a mutant is a turtle. Yeah. So <laughs> what you could say instead is mm -hmm. change or set. You mutate mm. the, the, the state, you change data. Yeah, I believe so instead that's... of mutate, you say change. And people understand change. I, I believe that the yeah. wider group of people understand change over mutate. And yeah. then we go, so we say that. That's, so, a, great, that's a great example. Yeah, yeah so like... Instead of mutable, like what if we just said changeable? Yeah. That would make so much more sense to people. Yeah. When, when we throw out all these like computer science terms, like it, it sounds so, so arcane. Yeah, yeah, it does. <laughs> Even when you know what these things mean, sometimes you have to think about it for a little bit. Yeah. Like imagine or consider the, um, the definition of Vuex or the explanation of Vuex. Mm -hmm. It's a state management pattern and library. Mm -hmm. And what is it for? And many of these explanations are difficult to understand before you know the, the tool or the plugin. Mm -hmm. It only makes sense afterwards after you've learned the topic in many cases. So consider this. If you compare a video explanation or someone talking in person to, yeah. or teaching in person, person, compared with an article, when you write your article, you polish your sentences and you have great time and you can fill in so much information in one sentence. Mm -hmm. Like a whole definition can be one or two sentences. Yeah. But if I, if I say... Uh, let's call this sentence a like a high content sentence. It has a lot mm -hmm. of information in one sentence. Yeah, it's very productive. But if I say that to you once, verbally, it will be hard to learn from it because there's just too many new concepts. Yes. Yeah. And so you try to limit the number of new concepts that you're you're giving people at once, so that they have first like time to digest 
like a concept in context, like with help, with a good definition. And then you can build on that yeah. and introduce another concept. Yeah. That's just good pedagogy. That, that's wonderful. That's wonderful to hear. I hope you like it. <laughs> I find myself facing the same frustration so many times. Like we use words like higher order function, yeah. which, you know, when you say that to someone, it's like, wow, that sounds like something I couldn't possibly understand. It yeah, must be so I complex. I don't know what it is, but I want it. <laughs> yeah, I want it. It must make my app faster <laughs> yeah. or better, or yeah. it'll take the bugs away. <laughs> yeah. yeah. But a, a higher order function is just a function that returns a function. Or accepts a function. So that's, is it accepts a function? I thought that was higher order component. I believe, or in my book, or in my head, not yeah. my book, my head, the higher order function is an, it's a function that either accepts or returns a function. This is just like a great example of how like higher order function is so useless as a phrase. <laughs> yeah, but like when we, you... We, even two people who are familiar with it, I like can't even can't even agree on like exactly what it means. And like, we've heard different things. Yeah. And when you say higher order components, I'm lost. I don't know what you're talking about. Yeah. It's, on it's, the spot. it's a component that returns a component or accepts a component. <laughs> <laughs> no, it's, it's, it's a component that returns a component or a component that, or a function that returns a component. It can be either of those. Okay. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. It makes sense. Once I know the topic. Yeah. <laughs> But these explanations, like the explanation itself, like function that returns a function is two syllables more than higher order function. Yeah. So why are we saying higher order function when it just makes us both confused? Even as professionals who like work on this kind of stuff and like hear these phrases all the time. Yeah, yeah it's the branding. It's, I don't know yeah. why, but it's... Uh... I, I think a lot of times we do it out of like an insecurity. You know, like we, we want to feel smart. And so we... We take these phrases and, and throw them around to sort of show other developers, yeah. like, you know, I know what I'm talking about. Yeah. You know, I said, I, I know what a higher order component is, or at least I used it in a sentence. Yeah. Yeah. Th this reminds me of many conversations. I have one childhood friend that actually is a great developer here. We grew up together and he went the school way. So he knows all the technical terms and he's a really good developer. And when we have conversations, I don't follow him or I didn't used to follow him mm -hmm. because like, for instance, iteration. Yeah. To me, that's just loop. It's a loop. So yeah. when he was going on and on about these technical terms. Or, or repeating. Yeah. When he was going yeah. on and on about these technical terms, I had to stop him frequently to say, what do you mean by that? And then he used my word, the dumb word, mm -hmm. like the elif word. Yeah. Like loops. And then he just continued. Yeah. And, um, yeah, this is the result of me being isolated. I never had the need to express these technical terms to other people mm -hmm. in my beginning, in the beginning of my career. Yeah. But of course, things change and you learn. And I, I think it's important that we not always accept everything as it is because someone else with a high status, status in the community or something like that defines or des decides to think of and name something give them the, that name. Yeah. And uh, in View School, we try, we price ourselves quite reasonably, I would say. And mm. we do that to include more people in the world, especially uh, South America, Asia, Africa, and Eastern Europe. Like mm -hmm. the more people we get in the community, the better it is. Mm -hmm. And um, when we have um, customers or users that are not native speakers, 
the words we or the words we we choose to use mm-hmm. in the videos is quite important. Yeah, and how we like to explain it. So we we have this idea of starting with a explain it to me like I'm five, mm-hmm. and then build on it and end with a proper technical definition. So they will learn mm-hmm. it all the way. Yeah, that makes sense. So then, so then they learn it in a way that like is going to be much more helpful to them. And then you share with them at the end, like, by the way, like, this is what you'll also hear people call this thing. Yes. And so when they're in those scenarios, you know, when, when someone throws out like higher order component, they're not thinking like, I'm just, you know, totally lost. And it's like, oh yeah, that's like, <laughs> yeah, not, so do you mean, do you mean like a component that returns a component or a function that returns a component? Yeah. <laughs> we have an expression for that as well. <laughs> we say that we feel like a potato. Feel like a potato. Explain that one. Yeah. So if Alex comes to me and he's super excited, and Alex is very good with the technical terms, mm-hmm. so he comes to me and he like has this brilliant idea, mm-hmm. and I just go re- reply to him, Alex, you lost me. I feel like a potato. You're way over my 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 knowledge level, my skill level. I don't mm-hmm. understand what you're talking about. Mm-hmm. Can you slow it down? Can you use normal words? Mm-hmm. And go again. And I'm not a potato anymore. <laughs> just some inside jokes. Yeah, that's good. I like it. So, for instance, when we were in, in Amsterdam last year, where uh, Yves van Horne mm-hmm. introduced Code Sandbox for yeah. the first time, I really felt like a potato. This guy is a genius in my eyes. Yeah. And what, what he did with the online editor, it's, it's, it's incredible. I'm incredibly impressed, yeah. Yeah. And the other day, he... He made a very nice tweet saying something like, uh, uh, you shouldn't judge yourself based on what other people think of you or something similar to that. Mm -hmm. Yeah, but I I judge myself based on what I believe, what I think you know. Mm -hmm. So it's easy to think that you're stupid because someone else is very good at one particular skill. Yeah, I've faced that a lot. Like when... I'm in a very fortunate position where I am surrounded by people who are better than me at a lot of things, you know, to the extent where there's nothing where there's not someone that I work with who's better (laughs) at that, you know, it's, and if you are comparing yourself to people who like are often like some of the best people in the world at that particular thing, yeah you can feel like a real schmuck. Like, oh, I must not know anything. Yeah, you're a potato. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but I mean, even, even when they're really nice, yeah, it is, it is important. I do keep having to remind myself that just because some other people are really good at that particular thing doesn't mean that I can't also do something of value. And I also have a different set of skill sets than they do. Yeah, you, you can't know, compare so, those two things. Yeah, and, and often like in our combinations of skill sets, that's where we're able to provide a lot of value. Yeah. You know, so like as, you know, I... I write code and I also explain things and, you know, I, I write and I wouldn't say I'm like near the top of the world in any of these things. I'd say maybe I'm like top 75%, maybe, but like in combination, they allow me to do cool things, Yeah, you know, cause there aren't that many people who have that skill or have those skills and are in the top 75% of all those skills. Yeah, you're right. And when I say top 75%, I guess I mean top 25%. <laughs> Yeah, yeah, you know what I mean? Yeah. Yeah, I, I assume that that's what you meant. My view of you is that Chris is a machine. <laughs> yeah. Like, I feel like a potato besides you when I look at how you do the docs. It's like, well, I, I, I want to make it really clear. Like, 
I'm not the only one doing the docs. And there are a lot of people like, you know, Sarah Dresner. I know that. I I apologize. We're doing like awesome work every day. And a lot of like hundreds of contributors, like on and off the team who have made the docs what they are and continue to improve them. You're absolutely right. And it was wrong of me of like assuming, or I'm not assuming, but you know, wrapping everything under you. Yeah. But, but I mean, since I'm here with you, yeah. that's but, I mean, but that's we, the... we do that sometimes. Like we see other people's work without realizing like, oh yeah, not only did I not write all of that stuff, but before I even wrote it, I went through like 20 different drafts yeah. and the first 19 were terrible. And then I, I showed it to, to my wife, who's like an excellent, excellent editor. And she told me to throw it out and I tried it again. <laughs> and I got something a little bit better, something that I was happier with. And then I started showing it to, to a larger group of people, you know, like on and off the team, you know, to, to get some feedback and do some user testing. And then I put it out there and it still had a lot of problems. And then people in the community helped me improve it. Yeah. And then you get something really good and it seems like, wow, this is just genius writing. It's really not. It was terrible writing, like improved by other people so that it's finally now something that is quite nice. I don't assume that this was your first edition or the, everyone that participated, the, it wasn't the first edition from them either. But the process you just explained to us, or to me, is what makes you a great maintainer of and contributor of the documents, the documentation. And it allows me to always brush up on my knowledge before I'm writing a script or we're doing lessons or we are like giving some advice to people who contacts us. Yeah, I guess I, I won't go into all the ways that I, f- I still feel like I need to do a lot better, but there's a lot of improvement that I still need to do. And it's really hard to find time to do all of the things that I want to do as well. As you know, you, you suffer from the same problem. Yeah, you can only do so much. And it's not just about the goal. It's about the journey. And it's, it's cliche and it's painful to, to say the quote. But mm-hmm. if you find yourself in a position where there is no room for improvement... Yeah. I imagine that as a very sad place to be. You can believe it, but I'm sure there will be plenty of other people who have a different opinion. Like you could improve, you could still improve. Yeah, there's definitely a lot of ways that, that I can still improve. This episode is sponsored by Sentry.io. Recently, I came across a great tool for tracking and monitoring problems in my apps. Then I asked them if they wanted to sponsor the show and allow me to share my experience with you. Sentry provides a terrific interface for keeping track of what's going on with my app. It also tracks releases so I can tell if what I deployed makes things better or worse. They give you full stack traces and as much information as possible about the situation when the error occurred to help you track down the errors. Plus, one thing I love, you can customize the context provided by Sentry. So if you're looking for specific information about the request, you can provide it. It automatically scrubs passwords and secure information, and you can customize the scrubbing as well. Finally, it has a user feedback system built in that you can use to get information from your users. Oh, and I also love that they support open source to the point where they actually open source Sentry if you want to self-host it. Use the code devchat at sentry.io to get two months free on Sentry's small plan. That's code devchat at sentry.io. You were saying earlier that you know, you're surrounded by people and you use me as an example, which, which made me have to jump in. <laughs> But, you know, you're surrounded by a lot of people who you respect and you see them doing like a lot of work and they seem like, like a machine to you. Yeah. And what were you going to say after that? Um, I'm not sure. I don't remember. Like you know me, we talk to each other online sometimes and we, we meet each other at events. I'm actually here in Norway now. So we're actually talking physically to each other. Yeah. 
That's very nice. On the same microphone, which is quite nice. Yeah. That's a, it's a nice change. <laughs> we don't often get to do it. And do you actually think I'm a machine? Yeah, I'm certain. I mean, I can open up and I can show you, I believe. <laughs> uh, and not some like blue, you know, power gel. But, but really, what do you mean when you say machine? Uh, it's an expression I like to use for people that I look up to, uh, people I think have achieved uh, things that I like. Not like to achieve myself, but mm-hmm. that like, I'm happy for you that you have been able to do this so well with the help of everyone contributing. And like when I go to the conferences and I meet all of these brilliant people, many times I can feel like I'm an imposter. I don't belong here. I'm a tourist because all of the guys around me and girls, of course, mm-hmm. are machines. And who am I? I'm just this uh, guy from, from Oslo that uh, likes to do development. And I have done it for so much time but i'm also i'm confident in my own skills and i know what i can produce so i don't know it's like uh i think i see what you're saying but like i prickle a little bit like when people use that word like you know ah oh, you know she or he is a machine because like we're we're not machines like we're we're people too yeah. and i think i i worry that like calling people that you respect machines sort of sort of strips them a little bit of their humanity. Like they're allowed to, like, like I have bad days where Absolutely. I'm producing nothing. I make mistakes that like cause, cause a lot of problems sometimes. Yeah. What is your biggest mistake development wise? Development wise? Gosh, I don't know if I have that many big mistakes development wise. You uh, just said that you make mistakes. Yeah, I, I make, <laughs> but like I, I make mistakes, but like, Development-wise, there's nothing like that substantial that's like a good story, I guess. Yeah. You know, but I do make mistakes where like, yeah, I implement something and there's like a giant bug in it. Yeah. You know, because I didn't think of this use case. Yeah. And I, you know, really would have liked to. I, I don't want to say I should have, but I would have liked to have thought of that use case. Yeah. Um, you know, if I could go back in time and rewrite my brain somehow yeah. to be perfect. Yeah, absolutely. But it's important to share the mistakes as well. And like you being on the core team, me being one of the founders of U-School, people, people have this sort of false view that now I'm including me, myself as well, like as machines or these mm-hmm. superhuman beings that can do so much. But that's not true. And I guess that's where you're going at. Mm-hmm. And like my biggest mistake that happened not that many, like two years ago, was when I was migrating my business application from one server to another. Mm-hmm. I use Laravel and I was on Laravel 4.2 and they have this um, maintenance mode. Mm-hmm. So like, yeah, I switched it off and I, I, I planned well, everything was going smoothly. But then I have these commands like cron jobs mm-hmm. running and I didn't know that the cron jobs or the commands, they didn't respect the maintenance mode. So mm-hmm. I accidentally charged my customers for something like 30,000 euros twice that day. Mm-hmm. And uh, that was an embarrassing mistake. And I had to like send them emails. I had to fix yeah. it. I had to revert it. I had to like compensate them. Mm-hmm. And I got a valuable lesson. Prepare better. Know your system better. So it's not the end of the world if you do mistakes. It's more important how you solve, how you like recover from them. Mm-hmm. And 
like I like to describe things quite vibrant. That's why I like the word machine about mm. you. But of course, I am level as well. And I know that you're a human being and you had bad days. And yeah. like, you don't fart soap bubbles and flowers. It's you're a human being like everyone else. I'm like, I mean, I, I do fart soap bubbles and sometimes, flowers. Uh, I, I take special supplements for that. Yeah. On Fridays. Um, yeah. I mean, uh, yeah. And Fridays, <laughs> especially because, you know, for the weekend, it's just nice, you know, when you're hanging out with your friends and, you know, like just a little soap bubbles and flowers and just like a little bit of lavender. Sounds like a good uh, it's party. lovely. It's lovely. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> it really improves the farts. Yeah. Yeah, it does. Yeah, yeah, it's like a conditioner for... Uh... No, it's, I'll send you a link. Once you try it, you won't go back again. <laughs> yeah. I'm just kidding. There probably is a product like this out there somewhere. Yeah, yeah probably. But uh, I, don't, I don't know about it. <laughs> now, we will get tons of emails now. Yeah. To... Not, oh, one email. One, one email. One email. What, or, yeah, one email asking for more information. Yeah. A ton of emails saying, like, please just stop talking about farts. <laughs> it's on the View podcast. Yeah. Oh, we're humans. It happens. Yeah. What do you think would be a better phrase than machine then? Like to acknowledge people's humanity. Hmm. And still acknowledge like some sort of achievements. Yeah, sure. I don't know. How about like, yeah, I, I respect their work. Yeah, but how will you, how, if I want to say Chris is a machine, how will I use your, what would I say? How about I respect Chris's work? Yeah. But then I feel that I, it's kind of like I'm vouch, vouching for you. So then I feel that. Like how they view me. So what you're saying is like, is listen, transferred you, don't, you don't respect me, but I, I certainly get a lot done. Is that what you're saying? <laughs> you don't respect what I do? No, no, that's, that's not I get a lot that's... done. <laughs> now he certainly gotten... does a lot. It's all garbage, but uh, wow, he certainly does it. But now that you say it, now that I think about it, you say, I respect Chris's work. Yeah. But you ask me, how can we identify the human behind it? And you yeah, so just work, you, you like, you specify the work. Mm, so do you really move towards the humanity or the human behind the work? Then? No, that's fair. That's fair. Well, then what is it precisely? You know, we, we talked about, you know, breaking down concepts, yeah. defining the human language behind them. Yeah. Like, how would you say, like, what is, what is a great way to foster a growth mindset, you know, where we're not putting someone up on a pedestal. Yeah. Then I would say Chris is a really good guy and a really good developer. Well, I would, I would say no, the guy before. Good is, good is fixed mindset. As when you're telling, when you're just telling me I'm good. Really good. Yeah, really good. That's even worse. Is it? Because then if, I'm, oh. if, if people call me really good, then that means if I'm not really good at all times, I'm at risk of proving them wrong. And everyone finds out that I'm actually bad. So you like being a machine because machines no. usually don't do mistakes, as no, we all I know. No, I don't want to be a machine. I, I want to be acknowledged as someone who does make mistakes and also sometimes can, can do work that I'm proud of. Yeah. Do you have any suggestions? How about I enjoy Chris's work? Yeah, but how do you use that in context? Like if I'm going yeah, yeah, to go introduce you to... I like your suggestions, yeah. but I don't feel that I can... I, I cannot swap them out with the machine. Yeah. So what, what is missing? So if I machine? go to like Christina and say, hey, Christina, meet Chris, it's a machine. I go to Christina and say, hey, Christina, meet Chris. I really like his work. Or what, what did he say? That was it? Yeah, I enjoy, yeah. I, I enjoy his work. Yeah, I, I, I enjoy. Then I sound like a weirdo. Like, like uh, I don't know, it can be sexual. I, I, I really like your work, Chris. I don't think so. 
Is that a Norwegian? It, it, it does not have to be sexual, but it's like. A, is this a Norwegian thing? Right? Hey, Christina, that I'm learning about. Meet Chris. I really like his work. Well, if you say it like that, meet Chris. Okay, it? we're we're meet, changing meet, the subject. This is a family-friendly podcast. Meet Chris. His machine. I'm I'm getting a little uncomfortable. I'm sorry. Here. I'm sorry. I'm sorry, guys. I'm sorry, guys. <laughs> What's going on? There's something in this water that Chris gave me. <sighs> you you poured me the water, I believe. <laughs> True. So, what is missing? What is missing from it? You know, there's something in the machine that isn't communicated with the, you know, I enjoy Chris's work. Yeah. I think that, I think this is, what are you hoping that Bill, that, was it Melissa? Was it, what was the other developer's name? Christina. Christina. Or what are you hoping that Christina will think about me after the introduction? Like, what are you hoping to communicate to her about me? I want to, to make it clear that I am very impressed with something. There's something that I do. Yeah. Or are able to do. Like if you're an amazing, I don't know, beatboxer or singer, or like if you can solve the Rubik's Cube in 30 seconds, then like you're a machine. You can do this so fast. Then how about Christina meet Chris? I am very impressed by his work. Yeah, that works. Yeah. But then what's the difference between very impressed and really good? At least, so so very impressed talks about like how you feel about the work. Yeah. And really good. True. You know, places a label on me where now, like, it's up to me to be really good always. True. I like it. Yeah. It's the best so far. The best? That's also fixed mindset. I'm just kidding. So far. So (laughs) So far. far, So far. Okay. We walked it back a little bit. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. But the cool thing is, like, if you think about it, I'm very impressed with your work too, (laughs) Rob. Thank you. If you think more abstract about it, like, why do we have machines? Mm-hmm. Because they are better at doing some types of work mm-hmm. than human beings. Like, we have a calculator. We have, yeah, you know, But I'm not better than a human being. You're not better than a human being. No, but it's a good, it's a symbol. It symbolizes we, something. We both fart. Everybody farts. Yeah, we do. <laughs> 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 yeah. So, so talking about view school... <laughs> Yeah, but before we go there, like, yeah, yeah, go ahead. I, I think that it's one thought that comes back to my mind over and over again is that usually when I'm at, in, at conferences or events where I meet mm-hmm. these people that I look up to, I also meet people that seems to be looking up to me. And I think it's important to try to level that. And that's kind of the topic of what we're talking about now. Mm-hmm. So... I don't know how to do it and there will I think it's just natural to like if you are the one on the stage the people watching you will put you in a box yeah in a way yeah they're seeing an idea yeah. of you not you yeah yeah exactly but I am sure that everyone in that in the seating area would have amazing things to teach me and tell me yeah. and show me so if they could just be brave and do that for me, I would yeah. appreciate it so much. Yeah, in, in every team that I work with and in every workshop that I give, I learn tons of new things because I'm not the only one who's like inventing you know, new ways of doing things. Yeah. Uh, and the VIEW team isn't the only like, team that is like, coming up with any kind of you know, innovation. Yeah, absolutely. And so I'm, I'm constantly refining my best practices you know, by seeing how 
all these other companies are solving really complex problems and, and different kinds of problems in innovative ways that sometimes I've, I've never thought of before. And honestly, I never would have thought of myself. Yeah. You know, but when, when I see them in action, they work really well. Yeah, they do. So a lot of times I can seem, I can seem a lot smarter than I am <laughs> just because I've, I've like sucked in a bunch of people's ideas that, you know, didn't come originally from my brain, but they were kind enough to share them. Yeah. Yeah. That's it's, I think it's important to think about that. And like, if you have ideas, share them. And if you are taking a look at other people's ideas, be kind, be respectful, try to see the problem they're trying to solve and not judge it. And it takes courage to like go out there with your like ideas mm-hmm. publicly. Don't you think? Yeah. So how do you, like with you school, you have like challenges that people work on, like code that they develop, you know, so they actually get like real experience building things, right? Yes. In that process, how do you keep people from feeling like insecure and afraid to ask questions? Hmm. Are there any strategies you've evolved? No, to be honest, I personally have never considered that. Like we, (laughs) you caught me off guard on that one. Like we have this, we have a Slack workspace mm-hmm. where people use it a lot and we have comments beneath the video. Yeah. And I, know, I don't know, it's, it's a video, it's, you can rewind, you can listen to it again. That's the, like, we like short bite-sized mm-hmm. videos. That's the, we try to be a little bit fast. Yeah. So you could either slow down the speed or you can check it over and over again. So um, I don't have an answer to that. We don't have a strategy or at least I don't have have one. On but the Slack, do you do any moderation? No, not at all. Not at all. We have an awesome guy, Lou. He works at Trivago. He's kind of our police officer. He's very strict on, like, he wants people to use threads. Mm-hmm. And uh, if they don't, he, he says, please use threads or I will get a ton of notifications. And then they start to say, yeah, you can turn them off. Mm-hmm. And then they start to use the police car emojis. And it's very fun. <laughs> but other than that, we don't have any moderations. All right. Do we people... we, we've never had the need to have any, to be honest. That says a lot. Okay. That's great. That's great to hear. In the challenges that people do, do, do they get feedback? Uh, from us? Directly. From anyone? Um, not directly, but mm-hmm. they, they need to, to look for it. They need to reach out on Slack as mm-hmm. of now. Got it. And, but they see at the end, you know, they can see what their code is... Uh, you know, supposed to look like or could look like. Yeah, we do. You know, with an implementation. Absolutely. We have a single commit for uh, every lesson. Yeah. So, like, we link every lesson to to that commit. Mm-hmm. So, you can go there and you can copy some code or you can uh, compare it to your own code. And we also, we try to, sometimes we structure some knowledge and we show a demo of it, mm-hmm. a simplified version. And then we say that, okay, now we want to build this and it should have these features. Mm-hmm. And uh, we recommend you to post the video and try, your, try it on your own. Mm-hmm. And then we have a small post, so it's easy to actually post the video. Mm-hmm. And then we hope that some people uh, actually go and, and follow along mm-hmm. and then compare that to what we will show in the lesson. Yeah. But other than that, we don't have like a feedback system. We just released some in my opinion, awesome videos about testing with Jest made by uh, another machine, Roman Kuba. 
uh, cold bridle. Another another machine yeah, or another machine or or uh, a guy I really I a guy whose work I'm very impressed uh, with. Yeah, a guy whose work I'm really impressed with. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So Roman is uh, is an awesome machine. <laughs> 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 that uh, stuff teaches us a lot about testing. Uh huh. Yeah, and he has contributed a lot to the view test utils, I believe, that he did with uh, that also Ed and many other great people worked on. And he's given a lot of talks about testing. Yeah. Like we have this uh, theory in one chapter and then the second chapter, you are going to build a uh, an array on stereo- steroids, mm-hmm. if you will. And um, those lessons were really designed to give you since it's TDD, test-driven mm-hmm. development, you should write your specs first and then implement after. So we, re- we really recommend that you also do that on your own before you continue to watch the video. Mm. And I had so much fun reviewing his content and there was a lot of back and forth on mm-hmm. it. So he was, he was great to work with. And he's, he's a guy that is really good at receiving feedback. And that's a unique skill. Mm. That's a very nice skill to be around. Are, are, do a lot of people get really, really sensitive? No, not really. But if you've spent a lot of time on some things and you don't have too much time. Yeah. Like we had an un- unfortunate event mm-hmm. where his editor was full of tooltips. So he was recording the video or mm-hmm. it was fully produced. And that means that it was edited. The sound was edited. We had English subtitles, Spanish subtitles. Mm-hmm. It's a big team. Yeah. A lot of hours. Yeah. On like five videos. And he's also spent time recording it. And he has a daughter, so he doesn't have time to like, he doesn't have that much quiet time to record yeah. the videos. And then when, I, when we was reviewing them one last time before publishing them, we realized that his tooltips were blocking the code he just wrote. Oh, no. It was like, oh, shoot. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So... We had to redo it. Mm-hmm. Everyone in the team had to work really hard to redo it. Yeah, And um, it also gave us some ideas to improve the lessons, improve the structure of the lessons. Yeah, And I think, personally, it turned out really good. Wow, that's so, awesome. Uh, so not so fun experience at the time. But it but worked out for the best. Yeah. Okay, that's great. So we're, we're running a little bit low on time now. So I think we should, we should probably wrap up. Um, but before we do, I'd like to know, how can people reach you? How can people find you? And how, how can people check out U-School? Like what would be the best, like first thing to do? Is, is there any like free content or? Absolutely. We do have both free and premium content. So the best thing would be to go to viewschool.io mm-hmm. and um, take a look at our content. We try to release new content every week. What do you have for free? Like just, you know, so people can try it out and see if it's like, it's the kind of learning like resource that they're looking for. Yeah, we do have a nice, in my opinion, nice course on Vuex for Mm -hmm. free. So if you are not like fully confident using Vuex, I would definitely recommend checking that out. Mm. I believe it is like 50 minutes. Mm -hmm. We do have some fundamentals. So if you are just curious and you're just starting out with Vue.js, I would recommend you to take a look at our fresh course on components. Mm -hmm. And that's also free? That's also free. Awesome. 
we do mix it up sometimes. So yeah. I don't have like the entire catalog in my, my head, but we also have some like testing is a um, topic that many people are asking for. And I think is a bit immature in the community. So we are trying to educate the community on yeah. testing with this lovely guy, Roman mm-hmm. behind the wheel. So at least one or two of the testing courses are free, I believe. I'm sorry if I'm promoting free content that is not free, but uh, okay. But I, at, I least, at least a lot of it will be. Yeah. So there's a lot of free content they can check out yeah. to, to dive into View yeah. School. And is there anything like on Twitter or anything that they should check out for you or View School? Yeah. I mean, if you're interested in, <laughs> I, yeah, I don't know. Do you do you tweet? I'm not so good at it. Okay. So do, do not follow Rolf. Yeah. Do I'm... not follow View School underscore IO <laughs> and do not follow R A H A U G. Definitely do not. It's and gonna be uh, definitely do not it's follow be like my amazing really partner. Weird, it's gonna be really weird Norwegian humor. Yeah. <laughs> Which is also a machine, by the way. And his uh, handle is Hootlex with the double O. And definitely don't check out this uh, Roman machine under Code Brio. <laughs> yeah, I'm joking. Um, the thing is, View School, the most expensive plan is $12 a month. Wow, that's great. Yeah. That's the most expensive one. Yeah, so if you go for yearly, that's 98 a year. So that will be, it will be less. I don't remember the monthly right now. That's fantastic. It's not just something we say. We truly believe that education should be accessible to everyone. Mm -hmm. And our goal is to have an amazing catalog with bite-sized videos that are very neatly organized. So you can go in and like, hmm, how did this mutation thing work? You can go in and just spend 10 minutes or five minutes or even three minutes brushing up on that. That's the ultimate goal here. So like we try to be the ultimate resource of learning resource of, of, with video content for Vue.js and related like modern JavaScript. And like we have some Firebase courses. That's, that's great. Yeah. This episode is brought to you by TripleByte. Applying to programming jobs sucks. You have to put the right keywords in your resume. You spend hours and hours on the phone screens and take home projects. And that's assuming the company even responds to your application. Well, if you're a software engineer, TripleByte can help. They work with over 400 top tech companies from big names like Dropbox and Adobe to exciting startups. You do one brief online interview with them. And if you do well, you go straight to final interviews with the company on their platform. It's like the common app for software developers. TripleByte does not look at your resume or where you went to school. All they care about is if you can code. I've helped dozens of software developers with various credentials get jobs. And this looks like a terrific way for you to get in and get interviewed and get a job without a lot of the hassle and overhead. You can go check them out at triplebyte.com view. That's triplebyte.com byte as in eight bits. As a special offer for listeners of this show, if you take a job through TripleByte, they'll offer you a $1,000 signing bonus. Fantastic. So the, the last part of our show every week is just picks. Speaking of how we're both just people, these picks do not have to be related to development. You know, they can be like a book you've been reading, a park you recently went to, you know, a new hobby that you've been trying out, uh, something on Netflix that you saw, anything at all. Or it's just like, you know, Someone that you met and you really enjoyed meeting them. Yeah. Anything at all. Uh, and I can give you some time to think about that. I can do my picks yeah, first. Yeah, please do. Like. Yeah. So I think my first pick 
would have to be, I don't remember if I've talked about this one, but there's this show that I've still been like watching on Netflix once in a while, uh, Call My Agent. It's a French show, which means like it's, it's actually in French, but it gives you sort of a, an inside look, I don't know how accurate, into being an agent for French film stars, which I find really interesting. And the, the characters I find actually quite endearing. So it's, it's a, yeah, it's a show that I just enjoy spending like a little bit of time with that is, you know, kind of, you know, silly and there's some drama. And, that sounds yeah. awesome. I yeah, so it's, it's it kind out. of fun. And besides that, I'm in Norway right now in Oslo with Rolf where he lives. And so I would say Oslo is maybe a pick. Yeah? Yeah. Yeah, it's a nice city. It's expensive. It's quite expensive, but um, there's a lot of nature that you can appreciate for free. Yeah. Yeah, Oslo is a, it's a little city. We have the beach, we have the mountains, yeah. and the downtown, of course. Yeah. But I like... Beautiful to... sunsets. Yeah. <laughs> Don't get that anywhere. Wow. <laughs> the sunset... <laughs> no, but I mean, the sunset where I live in Michigan in the United States is not nearly as nice yeah. as a sunset from like, you know, an apartment overlooking the city. And, yeah. yeah, you're right. You're right. You know, and overlooking the harbor and I can see the, the, the sun like reflecting off the yeah. water and the amber, giving an amber glow to the entire city and countryside. We do have a very nice view here. Yeah. We do, we do. But I would recommend anyone interested in visiting Norway to check out other cities than Oslo. Mm -hmm. Me personally think Oslo is like the least attractive city that we have here. And I haven't explored my country that much either. So I would love to go travel around. But as you say, it's very expensive. Yeah. So it's easier to, to travel somewhere else where you get some more for your, your hard work. Mm -hmm. For your hard earned kroner. Yeah. yeah. But uh, check out North Lofoten. It's, it's an amazing place. In my North Lofoten. Yeah. Go okay. North, check out Lofoten. I was somewhere way, way far North where we were like sailing in the fjords yeah. uh, under like the, the Northern Lights. Yeah. And that was amazing. Yeah, exactly. That was like, I was on another planet. Yeah. So listen to this. I like to play golf mm -hmm. and at Lofoten, they're building a new golf course. Mm -hmm. And because we have the midnight, midnight sun, you can actually play golf 24 hours a day. That's true. Yeah. And in the uh, summer. Yeah. Yeah. And under the Northern Light and it's, it's on my bucket list. It's like, I want to go to some of the amazing courses in the United States and I want to go there. So I'm not a, I'm not a golfer, so maybe there's something I'm not understanding, but yeah. why would you want to play golf 24 hours a day? Don't no. you still need to sleep? Of or course. do Norwegians not need to sleep oh, in the Of course, summer? I would, I, I'm, I'm, I'm dead that. Like one, one round takes like four and a half hours. Yeah. And I'm dead after that. So then but why is it The ability to play during the middle of the night is something special, oh, something yeah, okay. unique. Yeah. It's like, hey, would you like to go play golf 2 a.m. in the morning and, yeah, get, yeah. and get a tan while we do so? Yeah, I, I did a, a hike with some friends uh, at one point across the, the north of Sweden and uh, I think maybe a little bit into Norway. Yeah. Uh, the Kungsladen. The what? The Kungsladen. The King's Path. Oh, yeah. What is it called in Norwegian? Uh, I'm not sure. Oh, okay. no, I'm, I'm not a, heard I think it. it's a famous hiking path. Yeah, but I'm not that uh, up to speed on uh, everything. Okay, I'm that's sorry. Okay. That's okay. But yeah, it's, it's, it's very nice, at least when the weather is nice. Mm. When it's not nice, you want to kill each other. But at other times, like the sun is always shining, and or at least when it's not raining, and you can like drink water like fresh from a melting glacier. Yeah. 
It's amazing. <laughs> Best tasting water yeah. you'll, you'll ever have yeah. in your life. Yeah, we have great water and, in this country. And I guarantee you, after eating gruel for more than a week, hiking, whatever meal you have afterwards will become the best meal you've ever had in your life. Yeah. <laughs> Create a contrast. Yeah. <laughs> Sounds like you had a good time. Yeah, I had a good time. Yeah. Awesome. And that's it. I think that's, that's all of my picks. Did you have any more picks? Well, you said that it could be someone I met. And yeah, really I just, just came from this amazing conference in Amsterdam, mm -hmm. the Vue.js Amsterdam. And it is so nice to meet so many people, uh, the speakers, the organizers, the attendees. I had a blast. I got so many new friends. And uh, at the after party, Evan, you did a Kendrick Lamar karaoke rap, and it was amazing. I heard. I, I left by that point. But and there I, should I be a video out yeah. there somewhere, so go check it out. But that guy can do more than just building awesome frameworks. He's a karaoke master. Like, karaoke is, is one of his, like, main hobbies. But Chris, a lot of people don't know this about it. But Evan. Chris, would you go so far and maybe call him a karaoke machine? Oh, gosh. <laughs> and that's a wrap for, for Views on View today. Thank you for joining us, and we'll see you next week. Enjoy the view. Peace. Bandwidth for this segment is provided by Cashfly, the world's fastest CDN. Deliver your content fast with Cashfly. Visit C-A-C-H-E-F-L-Y dot com to learn more.